Okay, so this is our first uh, Patreon, I guess, mailbag. Patreon will be set up after we record at some point. But I think this this first one we're gonna we're gonna make it available to everyone so you see what it's all about and you can decide if you wanna get in on the Patreon side of things, which we've been talking about before doing we, and before we paywall this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now now we're like almost episode twenty. So let's fire it up here before playoff. Um and, and we wanna we wanna make sure that we um we make the most of Nick's time because <laughs> Nick, you're, you're fishing now. And, um, we, so we, we were, we were off last week, uh, kind of been shitty weather here. How, yeah. how, how you doing? How you, how you making out so far, bud? Uh, we're doing okay. A lot of, uh, rough days on the water so far, but hoping for a bit of nicer weather in the next week or so here. It'd be nice to give the boys a break. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we hope for the same for you. Um, so wanted to um, really kind of kick things off on the right foot here. Um, I, this story was kind of floating around over the last little bit, and I don't know how much I actually want to get into it, but um, the, the whole Wayne Simmons thing, Wayne Simmons um, in need of a, a cut. He needs a haircut. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he said so. And, and it kind of turned into a thing on Twitter as things <laughs> tend to do. Um, but he, I mean, he, you know, he, he apparently said that the, you know, the Leafs brought in a barber for most of the guys and the barber was not up to, up to the task for Simmons. So that, I mean, there are some questions there, like, you know, maybe, maybe someone should have had that thought, but I, I, I just, I love the imagery of like the, whoever they brought in to um, take care of the rest of the team and he's just doing mullet after mullet after mullet. <laughs> and and then Wayne Simmons approaches him and he says, No can do. <laughs> like, wouldn't you be a little embarrassed? Like I if you're not if you're not going mullet, I got nothing. I got nothing for you. <laughs> well and, and like that uh, that whole thing, like <laughs> we're we're clearly missing a lot of the details, so it's a t- lot of speculation. Now I'll be I'll be the first to say, like if if that was an oversight and they booked barbers and they never considered like having the appropriate barber for Wayne Simmons, then that's not good. And they ought to do better. And that should be something that they address and, and, and apologize to him for. And, and that that's a shitty thing. But if it was a situation where they said, Hey Wayne, we're having a guy come in and he said, no, I only go to one guy. Like he's my guy and I'm not, no one else is cutting my hair, then what the hell else are they supposed to do? Or if his guy wasn't available to come in on the designated time that they had an outside barber come in, like there's so many different scenarios. Maybe it is a situation where the most simple explanation is what happened and the Leafs just forgot. And then that, that is shitty, but we have no idea. So to, to speculate and to condemn them without knowing it's kind of, kind of dumb, but people are obviously, gonna do uh, I, I mean, it's like, a lot of extrapolation. What, what are we talking about here? Has, Kyle Dubas and this Leafs regime not earned enough of the benefit and of the doubt to, to like yeah. be having people up in arms over this. It, it seems like the Twitter hive is likely making a much larger deal of it than Simmons has. Although I, I bet we do hear something about it, and, and whether it's Simmons clarifying it or something, I bet. Like I don't think they'll just leave it as it is, just with the fact that it was a hockey night in Canada press conference that it happened on something will happen i'm sure if wayne simmons really wants a haircut the leafs will find a way to get him the appropriate barber yeah. um 
what what I wanted to talk about is the mullets. And, and <laughs> is this a team this thing? Is, is this yeah, yeah? See, I wanted to I wanted to consult a, re- a resident mullet. I, I'm going to say I'm I'm currently recording this and I can see um, I'm my my wife's floor length mirror is to the side and I get a side profile of myself right now and I look fantastic. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I I'm very excited about the mullet thing. I I cut my well I didn't cut it but my hairdresser cut my hair into I've always had kind of longer hair and I decided to go for the mullet when I don't know when that was like. February ish or something, and it's it's coming in great. So it's, <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty excited to see the the Bogosian one looks really good. I gotta say, I don't, yeah. I didn't really notice that Matthews had a mullet because he's kind of just doesn't have hair on the top of his head, anyways. So his I don't really see. Um, I just kind of thought he had longer hair and a really receding hairline, which I think he does. But um, yeah, clearly the Marner ones awesome as well but i i don't know i didn't see anybody else really they said thornton has the one. one kind of resembles yours his, his is a very similar length to mine yeah. um yeah his, his is yeah. probably the closer than, than any of the other ones but I, they mentioned Mariners is really nice they mentioned thornton's i i didn't notice that oh really yeah i, I gotta get a better look at some of these because that, that's what i was wondering like is it uh how widespread is this is this you know is everyone else gonna go for the chop at the end of the regular season yeah I, is it gonna I be hope a it's full, everybody i hope yeah i hope so too because you can make a mullet even if you have shorter hair like you can you can still kind of go for it you just kind of <laughs> it's a mindset more than anything <laughs> mullets are our lifestyle yeah um i i I kind of want to do it. <laughs> Fired up. Cam. Like I've never I've got the same problem as Matthews. Not much up top. So. <laughs> it's a natural I, mullet, I, man. <laughs> I've never done the mullet. I, 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 and my hair is really long, like right now, because it's you know we're we're locked down here, and and my girlfriend's a barber, and I look like absolute shit, man. I haven't had a haircut in months. <laughs> well, this is what I want to propose to you, Nicholas. Oh no! As 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 we're firing up a Patreon, <laughs> what what would it like an appropriate? Maybe it's maybe it's a discussion to be had after. But I, I think I think the people would like to see Nick with a mullet, and I kind of want to do it anyway. So like maybe <laughs> I think Cam will like, do it for absolutely no incentive. <laughs> yeah, like I, I need very little. Like <laughs> like you're looking for Jesse to have her first appearance on Lamenting the Least. <laughs> So, so we, we have, we, we could do like a, so like at zero subscribers, Keith gets a mullet. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, uh, uh, so we, re- we reached that point already. Uh, at, at, you know, I don't know, like tw- 20, 10, I, I don't know. Like, and then I, I go mullet and then Nick, maybe like, I don't know, 50, <laughs> I don't know what, what your, what your proclivity toward the mullet is. We might have to consult Jesse, but, uh, it's, it's a larger conversation and we'll consult the people. Um, I just wanted to put it out there. We, we might have to consult the, the Twitter people. Yeah. So here's my, and I, and I realize that this actually solves a lot of my problems because like, I, I like growing the hair out. I have very prominent wings on the <laughs> side, but also I've been going gray since I was 19 years old. <laughs> so I I have like a lot of gray in the wings and, and it's very noticeable. Like that's why I keep my hair really short. Like it, it mostly looks fine. You can kind of see the flecks of gray, but like when it grows out, it's bad. It's wiry. <laughs> the mullet, I think solves a lot of my problems. You can take a lot of that in, man. 
<laughs> yeah, I think I think you're I think you're made. I think you've started to talk yourself into it. I don't need to I don't need to sell it. <laughs> yeah, I I think we've got a uh, I think we've got something here, fellas. I I really do. Um, no, the one thing is I'm gonna have to shave my mustache because I don't want to be associated with what the Canadians are doing. So that's. That's, what, that's a little heartbreaking. Yeah, Jeff Petrie. What's going on there? That guy looks like um, I don't know. I didn't. I don't think I knew what Jeff Petrie looked like, and then I saw him doing a press conference, and he had just the mustache going, and I just uh, I, I I wasn't comfortable with it. <laughs> is that um, a whole, I think that's a whole team thing for them too. Is it? Yeah. I I kind of want to do like I've got good news beard. for Kod Kinemi. <laughs> 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 that's good. Um, I, I, I kind of want to do like mullet and mustache, but yeah, I might have to reconsider if that's the case. Join the team. It's always room. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got a couple of questions, but I've got one that I wanted to pose to you before we get into those. Um, we were talking about Freddie Anderson in, in the first part of our recording and, uh, you know, we, we've kind of, I think, all been of the mind that this is probably it, especially after the season he's had. He's a free agent. You know, he's going to move on. Someone else is going to um, pay him. Do we still think that? <laughs> we, I mean, do, do we've been talking about who who is going to be the 1B. Do you see any scenario where they just bring back the guy that they are, I mean, it, it kind of puts a wrinkle into it, like you said, about Myrtle and the Leaf Report, where you know there seems to be a, just a a failing of confidence in in Freddie from the organization. So so maybe that makes this not an option. But considering the fact that like I, I don't see him getting a long term deal, and I don't see him getting much money somewhere else. So I I've, you know he he'll probably get something decent, but um, I, I I'm just wondering. Is he at the point now where he has backed himself into a one-year prove-it deal? Yes, but I don't think it's with the Leafs. I like, I, I, just, I just think that's it's done. It's over. Yeah, I, I think I don't unless I think somebody else would pay like considerably more than the Leafs would. Yeah, and if and if he decides that it's a better situation for him to stay in Toronto for less money, I don't know why he would do that. Considering, I just don't just, think the Leafs will do it for. For yeah, any yeah. number, really, at this point, too much hanging over the head of Jack Campbell. If that's what they're going with, and yeah, that's a huge thing yeah. too. Yeah. I, I, I but just, just for what they need, I feel like they're going to be able to get it on a pretty cheap contract, and I think it'll be cheaper than what Freddie goes for. And then you look like, let's say it is a Riddick or a Riddick like you know player, you could probably get them for like a, a, a maybe two million, and and I don't think Freddie is in that range. I think he's probably still going to get, because if Freddie takes a one year deal, somebody's going to give him four, four maybe. Yeah. So if you can get Riddick or a Riddick like comparison for two, like the trade off between what a $2 million goalie or a $1.5 million backup one B the trade off for like actual value, you know, brought to the organization to Freddie would be pretty negligible. And then what you, what could you do with the extra cap space? Yeah. And like, to the to your point about another team paying Anderson, you hear the way that some of the you know quote unquote hockey men in the media still talk about Anderson. There's oh, a yeah. G, there's a GM out there somewhere that's going to pay this guy, and I just don't yep. see it being Kyle Dubas. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I I just always think it's funny the way that um, you know free agency works in different leagues, right? Like if this guy were a starting pitcher, 
he'd have no fucking hope. Like, like you know, it would be it would be. He'd a, be signing like a, a minor league deal with a spring training invite. It, yeah. it would be a mess. Like, like it's it's just so much or more in, based on like a quarter, your reputation a, in the NHL. A quarterback, even like he would be. You think of like you know two two bad seasons as an NFL quarterback, and you're you're pretty much out of the league. Or you end up as the backup QB for the Bills. um the yeah it's that's a tough um that's a tough one because like i i i mean obviously i it's a it's a wild hypothetical and i only pose it because of how awful he's been that it's kind of gotten to that point but like even from from his perspective he's 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 descended into the possibility of being cheap enough that the Leafs could afford him. Yeah, you're absolutely right there. I just don't think that I'm just trying to block it out of my mind, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like even from his perspective, like um, if it is at that point where you've got to take a one year prove it deal as a 1B somewhere, do you really want to do it in Toronto behind Campbell? Like the guy you lost your job I, to? I, like, I feel like. You, you take it anywhere else if that's the situation you find yourself in. Like you would, like that's you know destination number thirty-two on your list. Yeah. To to be a one B. Um. After you know being the guy for so long, could be a guy Edmonton goes after though. Yeah, or even Seattle. You know, he, he true could be the same sort of deal as you know in his first few seasons with the Leafs. If he's able to find his game again, provide some stability for a, what should probably be like a a young team that's. I don't think they're going to be as good as Vegas was right off the bat. So, you know, that might be a spot for him too. I just think there's going to be GMs around the league that will probably still give this guy a decent little contract. Yeah. A big prospect event recently. Um, so we wanted to consult with our resident prospect guy. <laughs> uh, Nick, what can you tell us about Justin Fields? <laughs> <laughs> this is honestly like since I've been, you know, getting into hockey scouting this year, this was the year that more so than any other, I knew nothing about any of the like NFL draft prospects going in. I'm usually really up on that stuff. Maybe it's a symptom of the Bills actually well, the, being the Bills good. good. Yeah, <laughs> it's the reason why I don't know anything about NHL prospects. The Leafs are good. Yeah, yeah. It's the reason I knew about this draft. But you guys NFL. were both really excited about Justin Fields, so I'm just going to take that as a good thing for for his chances, I guess. Well, it's um, I'm I'm thrilled. Yeah, I'm. Th- I mean, I feel like uh, most Bears fans are probably thrilled. Um, yeah, it's it's. I mean, I a very saw a lot of stuff saying that he, you know, he talent wise was the second best quarterback in the draft, like ceiling, high ceiling wise. But just guys like Jones might be, you know, a, a lower floor or a higher floor, I guess, whatever that, whichever way floors go. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, he the more the safer pick, I guess. But Fields being kind of the 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 better swing for the fences pick and I don't know it seemed like they found their guy and they went after him and got him and I don't think the price was crazy I'm pretty pretty okay with it yeah I I love that um he he's kind of been like it's been him and Lawrence like since they were kids basically right like coming up and, yeah. and going head to head and like they've always been compared to each other and and um you know it it, it sounds like it is a much um closer kind of gap than maybe like the the popular um 
you know, thought is yeah. like, it, like he, he, he's prevailed in some of those, he, you know, he, he's a pretty talented guy as well. Like he's got some, some things that will probably have to be worked out, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm, I'm pumped about it. I'm so excited that Andy Dalton won't necessarily just be the guy all season <laughs> long. Um, yeah, good stuff. Uh, but actually the world under 18s, uh, happened in Texas and, um, Nick, like I, I know you didn't get to watch a whole lot of this tournament, but um, some of these guys who are who really made headlines are not even draft eligible for this year. And I'm talking about uh, Shane Wright. I'm talking about Connor Bedard and uh, Matvey Mishkov as well. With the, the and, and they team. aren't even eligible next year either. <laughs> yeah, like the, uh, Wright is 2022, and the other two are 23. Right? Yeah. I feel like I have to say correct when one of the guys' name is right. Um, <laughs> correct. <laughs> correct. Uh, so, I mean, uh, th- those guys were a treat to watch. Like, I watched a, just a couple of games. And, um, you know, it's like, it, it's just stunning, I guess, what the league, um, trying to imagine what the league is going to look like in a few years. Because it feels like every guy coming up now the skill level is just so much higher and it's obviously you know like the guy the guys that have kind of come into the league over the last 10 years these guys have now been watching them all the way up and uh you know it's it's kind of the trickle down effect but um we are we're we're really going to be in for a treat it looks like with these next few drafts yeah well, we were talking about austin matthews on the earlier part of the recording and just how insane his season has been goal scoring I think he's pretty safely going to be the best goal scorer in the league, until, at least until Matvey Mishkov shows up, because this kid is insane. The season that he put up in the MHL this year as a 15-year-old, he just he's a goal-scoring machine, and he carried that over to the U18s this year against even stiffer competition that, that was still two years older than him. What, what did he, he led the tournament in goal scoring and won the MVP as a 15 year old at, at the U18s and then Connor Bedard to see what he did in a short time in the WHL this season as an exceptional status player and for him to carry that over to stiffer competition at the U18s and in, on an international level he was a star for Canada on their gold medal oh, yeah. run like this kid is insane and, and it, it's weird because he, he doesn't like jump off the screen at you with speed the way that McDavid does, but his hands and his vision and just intelligence and shot. shot, Like these kids are so good. Let me tell you, all the scouts that I know are a lot more excited about the 2022 and 2023 drafts than they are about this year. Yeah. um, I can see why like Bedard, it's the way he shoots, like, like the way that Matthews can shoot in motion and like the shot can come at you at any point. Like, he has that. Yeah, it, it's the and he has that thing where he kind of like any bouncing loose puck that's in a battle between legs and stuff. It's like it's a magnet on his stick. He always seems to come out with it. it kind of the same thing as Matthews, and, and he's got the shot to finish the same way too. Yeah, like, the kid is extremely special. Uh, it truly lives up to the exceptional status. Yeah, um, a lot of fun to watch. Um. Okay, a couple of questions to, to finish this off here. I, I don't know if you guys got to the end of the last episode. My, my spiel at the end, my uh, my buddy in Australia. Um, Shout out BC. BC, he's, uh, he's 
I think it's like they're still in camp. He's trying to make a AIHL squad over there, which is wild. So I, I don't know. I'm trying to get the details on the webcast. But um, he he sent me this question after he caught up on a bunch of episodes a few weeks back. He actually, it's, it's funny. Uh, he sent me this on April 13th. So it's almost a month ago. And it's funny because of the context, because he's a Habs fan. And the question is, with the North Division top four, all but certain, rank the matchups the Leafs would prefer in round one. Meanwhile, the juggernaut, Habs, have yet to clinch. Uh, We are now two days after the um, original end of the regular season. Um, (laughs) But but I know what he was getting at here with this, because it looked like the Leafs and Habs were were set at that that point. And then the Habs went on a rough stretch, and they almost got swept by the flames. And I kind of wanted to – I was hoping we would get to this before that stretch, because I just wanted to kind of – you know, play the hanging guillotine. He, he wants to know who, who he would prefer to see. So I, I guess the, the way I'm more looking at this is kind of rank, rank the three other teams. Rank them one to three. Yeah. And um, because like, it seems like it's a sure thing. It's going to be the Habs. So it's not really, um, but, but to me, I, I, this question is tough now because, you know, I, I spent a lot of time saying like, oh, to me, the Jets are the clear threat and the Jets have been awful. Like they they uh, have lost. And the Leafs have handled the Jets for the most part this season. A couple of those games they lost. They were still the better team. Yeah. Yeah. So the Jets beat the Leafs April 15th. And since then, they lost seven in a row after that. Uh, they lost Ehlers for the year. I think we recorded just after that, but before um, the, the announcement news. that that yeah Ehlers was out, which was surprising because I, I didn't even realize he was hurt in that game. But uh, I don't know if if they're gonna get him at all at any point in the playoffs if they advance or or what. But um, they've been awful since he's been out, especially and and you know they're kind of middle of the pack right now league wide in terms of like Corsi Fenwick. Uh, under 50% both. Um, they're even worse than that on expected goals. Like, they're, maybe the most uh, incriminating part is their only win since that mid-April win over the Leafs is against Calgary. Uh, I don't know. Like, it's... it's it, They're not seeming very threatening right now. Hellebuck hasn't, you know, been the, the brick wall that, that he was last season. Um, I mean, I, I they're still deeper than the other two, but... I don't. I, I feel like you know, like you said on the earlier part, Keith. I think it's Edmonton is your biggest threat right now. Yeah, yeah. I'll go. I'll rank them. I mean, I I would, I would be, I almost would say the Jets as as the most preferred kind of uh, opponent. But it, just because like, even in those, like I said just a second ago, like in those games that they lost, apart from the, there was one Saturday night game that they didn't play all that well against them. But for the most part, five on five, the Leafs have kind of had their way with Winnipeg, but just the fact that Hellebuck, I don't know, just that like elite goaltender in a playoff series kind of scares me a little bit. Um, I would, I would put the Habs as the most preferable opponent. They're seven, two and one against them. They, you know, they, they seem more than able to handle this, this big, bad four check that everybody likes to talk about. Um, I think the Habs are the better five on five team than the Jets, but I, I just think that maybe the Leafs just match up a little bit better than them just because they really just don't have that offensive firepower that, that could kind of outscore the Leafs. So I, I would, I would go Habs, Jets, Oilers and, and Oilers, like I said earlier, just for the reason of 
McDavid and, and Drysidle are really good and can kind of take over a game. Well, it's hard to argue with Edmonton being the biggest threat, but I, I'm I still I've been saying all year I don't think Montreal is going to be an easy out. Um, you you referenced the record against them this season. The Leafs have done really well, but even so, I think that the Habs have maybe displayed the formula for slowing the Leafs down better than the other teams have. Yeah. And I, I just think that their defensive style and their depth up front, like why they, while they might not have the high-end skill that Winnipeg and Edmonton have, they are a deep team and they're able to roll four lines and kind of you know stick to that game plan all the way through the lineup and kind of slow things down for the Leafs. It, it always seems to be a close game you know, more often than not when the, the Leafs and Habs match up. And they could still be getting Carey Price back and in the same vein as Connor Hellebuck, while Price has struggled, he's a guy that could absolutely steal a playoff series. I think my most preferred... Uh, did it did it last year. Yeah, exactly. So I think my most preferred opponent would be the Jets. And then uh, it would be a toss-up for me, but I would probably uh, prefer to play the Canadians just strictly because of Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. Yeah, there are things from all of these, all three of those teams that make me feel confident. Like that made me feel like the Leafs match up well. Like you know, the Habs obviously, like you said, Nick, they've played the Leafs well. They they um, try to bottle them up, and that's like it's it's pretty obvious how they're going to try to win that first round series once it's locked in. Um, but I I guess that you know the the thing with the Habs is like they just lack that high end firepower to to run with you know Matthews Marner. Nylander, Tavares, like you can't match that shift after shift. And when everyone is bringing it at 100%, I just think that the Leafs' firepower is going to win out there. Well, um, in all honesty, yeah. it, it should win out over anyone that they're going to face out of the North Division. It, it's yeah. just a matter absolutely of, should. Of, of making it happen. They're, they're going to be the favorite in the first two rounds if they, you know, if they're able to make it through the first round. They're still going to be the favorite no matter who they play in the second round. So yeah. I, I think really the Leafs are good enough that they should win against any of these teams. It's but you know it's the playoffs. Crazy shit happens. And just like like part of the reason why I had the Habs as the preferred team is just that if they spend the whole time trying to you know bottle it up and 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 prevent and slow down the Leafs, like they're they're not going to be scoring. And I think we kind of saw that on Saturday, like the Leafs or the Habs first period, that's about as good as yeah. that team can play. And, and they still lost. So like that's, that's about the best game that Montreal can put together, you know, barring maybe just, you know, burying a couple of those chances. But that, that was encouraging to me to see Montreal play as well as they did and for the Leafs to still win. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? Is, is with the Habs, like they, they need to be perfect and they need to be perfect for 60 minutes, 60 and, minutes and, yeah. and to do it, for, you know, four times. And I just don't see that happening because, you know, it's a game of mistakes and, you know, you're going to cough one up, uh, you know, to the wrong guy and the Leafs have the, the firepower to, to uh, really, you know, make you pay. And that's where I look at Winnipeg and I think like, 
you know, they the, the Leafs have played well against them. But like if they do pull up their socks, if they if they have another level, um, that's probably a still a team that I, I would be a little more threatened by than than the Habs. So I think the Habs would be my most preferred as well, um, as much as, you know, I think that their style probably is the best of the three in terms of countering the Leafs. I, yeah. I just don't think they're going to have the guns um, they don't have personnel. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. And at one point, I would have definitely said Winnipeg as the top threat. But like right now, I mean, how do you how how can you not be scared that McDavid is just going to pop six on you every night? <laughs> exactly. So yeah. that's that's the biggest threat to me. He's fucking terrifying. <laughs> yeah. It's it's gross. Yeah, it's disgusting. He's so good. Um, like I, I hate that. And then like, Mike Smith just decided to be good. Yeah, Vesna quality year out of fucking Mike Smith. Uh, I hate how on Twitter it always seems like it has to be like some kind of debate or argument about the seasons that Matthews and McDavid have put together. Like both of those guys have put together insane years. Like why yeah. do we have to try to diminish one or the other? They're both outstanding. Yeah. Um, yeah incredibly fun to watch both and it's going to be fun to watch uh, Matthews just fucking erase him from the score sheet um, when the time comes you guys are far more comfortable tempting fate than I am <laughs> <laughs> no I, I but I really do think that that will be like something that he would relish like because obviously they're oh, yeah. buddies um, he knows he's the best player in the world and he knows that he knows the headlines if he everybody wants that matchup right yeah so that's, that's that um, is that's if if the conference finals not Toronto Edmonton or not conference final but the division final semifinal conference semifinal whatever if that's not uh, Toronto Edmonton then that's a that's a shame yeah that would be a missed opportunity for for everyone because otherwise it's just going to be in, in the final right like you know as much as um, a, a Winnipeg series might be fun like you want to see the two best players in the world right now going head to head so that yeah. that's yeah. you know no question Ar- arguably um, like maybe the four best players in the world right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Dry side off. Four of the four <laughs> of the top seven or eight players in the league right now are, are on the, the Leafs and Oilers. Dry side. I thought you were talking about uh, Ilya Mikheyev. I was talking about Tyson Berry. What are you guys saying? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, you guys cannot envision Tyson Berry scoring an OT winner against the Leafs in the playoffs? Like, oh, my after God. a bullshit penalty. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. Um, thanks BC for the question. BC kicked my ass in fantasy hockey final last week. <laughs> um, and another one from uh, Ian Cote, who we've, we've had, uh, some questions from Ian that we've kind of scattered in, uh, from time to time, uh, which of the Leafs depth guys are most likely to emerge as a trigger man and benefit from Simmons and Thornton's work down low um he was kind of talking about you know the the element that they were going to bring these are questions that uh, ian sent in prior to the season but i I just thought that this one held up really well because um you know they've they've been so strong down the stretch here and you know it looks clear where it was maybe a question a few weeks ago whether they'd be in the playoff lineup um no one's taking them out right now um and i just wonder i i kind of uh wanted to use this as an excuse to talk about Nick Robertson a little bit. Cause I still think that like he, he's going to be a guy who has a role of some kind. If, if the Leafs, you know, win win a couple of rounds, he, he's going to um, play a part. Yeah. I think it, it'll depend on the, the role that they're trying to fill. If it is that trigger man kind of thing that they end up lacking at some point during this playoff run, I think there's maybe a path there for Robertson to get into the lineup. 
but we talked about it earlier. This team is so deep. They, they already have so many NHL caliber forward options up there. I, I think if they're just looking for another guy to plug in on the, the fourth line in more of a checking role, I, I think they've got guys ahead of Robertson for that right now. And to answer the, the question, I mean, who who emerged as like a, a trigger man for the in the bottom, you know, in, in the depth for depth pieces, it's probably Spezza, right? Like, I don't think anybody saw this season coming from him from a production standpoint in the bottom six or not even in the bottom six in the, the fourth line for the like the amount of ice time that he gets every night and, and for how productive he's been. It's been absolutely insane. And, you know, and not not that he's played with with Thornton and Simmons all year, but he's played with Thornton for a fair amount. But, you know, for a lot of the season, he was playing with guys that aren't even in the lineup anymore. So it's. It's pretty impressive what what he's been able to do from a, an offensive standpoint, and then just quickly on Simmons too. I really feel like like the last handful of games he's looked really good, like fast. Yeah, he's turned you know, it on. Just he's managing the puck better. I, I, at the yeah, man, there was when he came off the back from the even before the injury, but after the injury too, the puck would just kind of look like a grenade on his stick. But he he's his hands look better. He's just really putting it all together at the absolute best time i'm excited to see him in the playoffs yeah he's still not making like high-end plays with the puck or anything and i kind of had a little debate about this with our pal ian tollick the other night like he doesn't have to be making the same kind of passes that mitch mariner and william nylander make He, he just has to be managing his decisions better and not turning the puck over or you know letting plays die right on his stick by fumbling it or whatever. If, if he can put the puck into good areas and distribute to his teammates on the cycle, I think if he's doing that while bringing the physicality and leadership that you know the, the team has obviously valued so highly all season, I, I don't see any way that he's coming out of the lineup. I, did, I do think it's funny. I noticed it at least one time where the Leafs have made that conscious effort this year to not dump the puck in when they're changing. Like they'll just like, They'll take it to the blue line and kind of curl back and pass it back to a defenseman and change the forwards. And I noticed, I think it was either the last game or the Thursday night game that that Mikheyev was about to dump it in, turned around, passed it back to Sandine. They got in a change, and then Simmons, like they worked it around to two or three passes, and they gave it to Simmons, and he just hammered it in immediately. <laughs> I, like, I kind of like that, but like it was if it was anybody else on the team, fully admit I would be pissed. But just for whatever yeah, but you reason, know that he's going to be he's barreling go in there to yeah. hit someone like. So. <laughs> he, he's definitely like completed a couple of you know like bigger more impactful hits in in recent yeah. games too so i think that's probably just a taste of what's to come in the playoffs he's going to be going balls to the wall feels like he's been kind of saving it up yeah and, and thornton's been great as of late like the, the point streak is one thing but i i think even aside from that he's just been playing really well another guy that you know he manages the puck with, with the best that have ever done it uh, he's always making smart passes and he doesn't have the legs to get to loose pucks but he's always on the right side of things he doesn't give up a whole lot defensively I, I noticed they've been trusting him a little bit since Felino's been out you know late in games when they've got Matthews and Mariner out there defending the lead Thornton's been out there doing it too yeah. so I, I, I think that uh, th- those guys have both really turned it on at uh, the right time of year and as you said Spets has had it going all along so uh, it, the depth has been really impactful for this team. Yeah. Um, to kind of tie it back to what we were talking about in the first part about Mikheyev and, you know, maybe could he be the guy who possibly comes out? Um, you know, like it's it's 
there are they have a lot of options to, in the bottom six there, especially right. And like you know, maybe it's um, maybe they do want that big checking presence, like Felino on one line and Hyman on the other in the top six. And maybe they kind of want to try to spread out some of the scoring. Maybe Galchenyuk gets moved down or something. Like th- th- that's kind of been my concern. Like have they sacrificed a little too much of the scoring depth? Um, a little too much of the the skill or the speed in favor of like some of the veteran guys, but I I I think that um, like I feel pretty good about that right now in terms of the balance. Like it, it feels like they're they're still they're playing their system. They're um, you know they're they're like speed isn't necessarily like a huge facet of their game. Like you look back to when Babcock was having them just stretch the zone and bang it out of the, you know, stretch passes left and right. Oh, like it's, it's a lot more controlled, a lot more puck possession. And I don't think that the, the lack of speed is, is, is going to be as, as impactful. Right. Yeah. The, the, and they definitely aren't the same, you know, fast, pure skill team that they were just a few years ago. There's a lot more different elements in this lineup now. And it's got more balance, and guys that just bring different things, the the way that Simmons and even Spezza and Thornton have done all year. Yeah, and, and like on Mikheyev, like we talked about, you know, team of a team full of like guys who have smarts and, and who like feel pressure well, and, and you know, Mikheyev like has shown at times where you know he'll he'll go on a charge and it's like he'll break free or he'll he'll seem like he has a path and then he'll just rip it five feet wide of the net like he he doesn't always have that the dude should have 20 goals this year man like uh-huh, absolutely it's it's comical at this point and, and just the fact that he had that one called back the other night on that like super bogus foot in the crease yeah. call or whatever like it was like i was laughing about it like this poor guy has had goals denied in just about every way you can imagine this year and he definitely deserves a lot more than he's got on the stat sheet. Yeah. So maybe you keep him in the lineup and hope that the uh, the, the puck luck swings the other way. I was thinking way. that the other night. Like the, <laughs> the damn breaks. The damn yeah. breaks in the playoffs yeah. and he just goes on a heater. That would be unreal. Which like statistically speaking, it should. should. <laughs> Con Smythe, cue it up. <laughs> but it, it, it's funny. Everyone talks about Mikheyev as like that defensive presence. But if you look... His defensive impacts this season at five on five really have not been that great. He's he has been good on the penalty kill and creating a lot of chances that way, unable to buy a shorthanded goal. But at five on five, when he hasn't been playing with Hyman, his defensive impacts haven't been strong either. So I I just think that you know with Thornton and Simmons really establishing themselves lately and it appearing as though Felino, Hyman, and Nash are all going to be healthy and taking spots in the lineup, I. I I don't think that Mikheyev's spot is as safe as it once was. I don't necessarily think that he is going to be the guy that comes out, but I think he's going to be part of that discussion. Yeah, even if it's not game one, I, I could see him being a guy to cycle out at some point if they're not yeah. happy with results, whether his or the team's. Yeah. Well, well let's, let's do this right now. Assuming the entire forward group is healthy, what's your 12? I, I would go Hyman, Matthews, Marner, Felino. Tavares, Nylander, and then it starts to get a little dicey. Um, probably go with, oh man, Mikheyev, Kerfoot, Simmons, Thornton, Spezza, Nash. So who, who does that have 
out. That that has that has no uh, no Galchenyuk, and I, I don't even know if that's like, I, like I, I don't know if I'm answering this as is that is that what I want or is that what I think is going to happen. I just I don't know. Maybe maybe what I think is going to happen is probably the way I'm answering that. I think I, I still kind of stand by what I said. Uh, I think it was the last episode when Dubas was talking about the, the trade deadline and their plans were kind of altered to go in search of a player like Nick Felino rather than some more traditional scoring because of the way that Alex Galchenyuk had played. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think that you know if if they were if they made the decision to alter course like that as a result of Galchenyuk's strong play, I, I think that. At that point, that pretty much made him a lock for their playoff plans as well. If that's the way that they decided to, you know, build going out of the trade deadline. Yeah. So um, I, I thought I thought about that a bit, Nick, and I, and I just wonder because, like, I, I know that they said that, but what were the plans? Like, what were they looking? Well, for were they going a guy to, look to for just Grandland or? Or a hall. Exactly. Yeah. But but were they were they only going to be looking for a guy to maybe contribute as like a, a, a bit of a scoring presence in the bottom six and they realize that maybe Galchenia can be that guy and maybe you can get something out of Robertson too and they can kind of provide that scoring depth versus like this is a guy who we expect to be in our top nine kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's fair. Um I, I don't know. I, I still think that Galchenyuk's in the lineup for game one. Um but it's uh, I, I don't know. It's, who do you who do you take out of my lineup to fit him in? Is yeah, it Mikheyev? Yeah, that, that's the tough part. I just it's it's Nash or Mikheyev, but I don't think that they want Spezza having to play center beyond taking faceoffs. Uh, yeah. I think that they want him there to win draws and shift over to the wing. And, you know, it's been Engvall or it's been Adam Brooks. I, I think that that's probably going to be Riley Nash. In the playoffs, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it, I don't know any other way around it right now where it doesn't come down to Galchenyuk and Mikheyev, and yeah, but I, I really don't know which way it's going to go to be honest. Yeah, and I, I don't know who I'd prefer. Like I, I'm, you know, I agree with you on the top six. I, I think you know you want. But you were talking about maybe going too far away from the scoring into you know the veteran and you know defensive presence and stuff like that. Who do you think has a greater potential to chip in with some secondary scoring, Alex Galchenyuk or Ilya Mikheyev? Yeah. Well, well, that's exactly it. And like you know, if you if you look at okay, like playoffs, going to be fewer penalties. We won't need Mikheyev quite as much. We've got Hyman back in the lineup. Felino, like everyone's healthy, everyone's good to go. Like you've got guys who can kill the few penalties that you're probably gonna you know have to deal with. Um, and you know, like it's it's going to be um, you know if if it's going to be tough sledding, like it's it's. A, a tough thing to look at, though, because like Mikheyev obviously doesn't have the scoring touch that Galchenyuk does, but Mikheyev can like stretch the ice better. He's he's you know a bigger body. Mikheyev like, is better at everything than Galchenyuk except for scoring, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, like I I don't know. I mean, I I think that I, I would probably in in game one I'd probably opt for Mikheyev over Galchenyuk, and if scoring becomes a problem, then maybe you gotta. 
reassess. But I, I think in in game one, you want to probably establish like you know your speed, physicality, and I think that Mikheyev does a better job of that. That said, I would be heartbroken not to see Galchenyuk in game one against the Habs. I think like that would be yeah. feels like a narrative thing, you know. And I also think that there's maybe something to be said for the fact that. Galchenyuk does bring a little bit more of that fire than Mikheyev does. You know, like Galchenyuk yeah. will get in there and, and finish a hit a little harder than Mikheyev tends to. And he's not scared to get in someone's face in a, a scrum after the whistle or something like that. So, you know, people can debate how much that stuff really matters in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, I, I believe that that stuff matters, especially come playoff time when it gets, you know, tighter checking and, more intense and the physicality is ramped up from both sides it, it could come down to something as simple as that for who ends up winning that spot i i yeah thinking about it more i mean i i again i i know i had galchena coming out but i think probably would prefer him to be in and, and it just would be so weird though because like Correct me if I'm wrong here, but like Mikheyev hasn't been a, like a healthy scratch this year at all. No, I don't believe so. So his first game to be out of the lineup is game one of the playoffs. Like, has that ever happened to somebody before? Like, that just but feels weird. Galchenyuk hasn't been a healthy scratch since he's joined true. the lineup either. So it's true. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be good interesting. To have. Yeah, very yeah. good problems to have. That's Absolutely. the overarching kind of theme for me. Lots of good problems to have right now with the depth. There's other guys that we would probably like to find spots for in the lineup. Right? Even Ben yeah. Hutton. Yeah, Ben Hutton looked fine. and We didn't even talk about him. and he's looked, He looked fine. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been nice to see everyone kind of clicking, uh, heading you know into playoffs, and we'll, we'll find out soon. Um, good stuff, gentlemen. Uh, we'll circle back on the mullets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know what the girlfriend says. <laughs>